Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Crosstalk. Check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Brought to you by A Number One Air, the official HVAC and electric partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com. Make your crypto play today. The National Medal of Honor Museum. Join the mission at mohmuseum.org. Buffalo Wild Wings. And by SWBC Mortgage. Customized solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Visit swbc.com. We are live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Welcome to Cowboys Crosstalk. I'm Bobby Belt from 105 Through the Fan. We've got Kevin Hagland from the KNC Masterpiece on 105 Through the Fan. Masterpiece. We are joined, as always, by three-time Super Bowl champion and six-time Pro Bowler Nate Newton. Yes, yes. And our guest this evening is national champion, three-time Super Bowl champion, Mm. and former head football coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and one of the best storytellers you're ever going to (laughs) hear. This will be a great hour from that perspective as well. Uh, we got Dave Campo with us. Coach Campo, how are you doing? Yes, sir. I'm doing great. Uh, I appreciate being on, especially with Nate, you know, and of course, Bobby, I've known you. Uh, I've we just known met. of you. Yeah, yeah, I've known of you. Uh, this is great. And just this club alone tells you why the Dallas Cowboys should keep winning. This yeah. is it right yeah, here. This is it. Beautiful. Wow. Jerry is uh, Jerry is a visionary. That's for sure. Every, no everything involved with this. I, I was walking by the atrium and the star coming in here, and I was just like, there's nobody's facility that looks like this. No. no nobody's offices looks like this. It's it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, at Coach Campbell, you're in town this week because there is a longtime friend, associate, uh, confidant of yours getting inducted into the Ring of Honor. Jer- uh, Jimmy Johnson will be inducted into the Ring of Honor this Saturday against the Detroit Lions. Uh, it was announced a couple weeks back when they were in Carolina, uh, and, and I knew there was no way you were going to miss this. Yeah, uh, well, first of all, you know, Jimmy is kind of a, you know him as a no-nonsense kind right. of a guy and a and a guy that doesn't necessarily like a lot of fanfare. Mm-hmm. So when he went into the Hall of Fame, you know, he, he sent invitations to all of us, all the assistant coaches, and, and we all went. Well, this one, he's, you know, it's a little different scenario, so he, he was kind of downplaying it. But guess what? I come here with gratitude because what he did for me uh, with with this football team, the players yes. we had that he got, and then, uh, you know, uh, he deserves it. Yes. So it's it's a, a, a respect, and, and I'm looking forward to it. He deserves to be there. You, you spent a lot of time with him, obviously, at the University of Miami, then here in Dallas. Nate, you played with uh, played for him for several years. How gratifying is this personally for you? I, I know that several players have expressed just, you know, kind of overwhelming emotion, like, hey, we're, we're really happy he's finally getting this recognition. You know what, man? We all walk in, we can all see it, and we can all hear it. That's what I was so scared about. Even for Mr. Jones, we're all older now. Is this, what, almost how many years, 30 years? Yeah. 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 I mean, we got yeah. grown children now since, right. you know, since this. So now th- this is big for me. Uh, if I had to break in the stadium, man, to jump a fence, you know, <laughs> and break my neck getting there, I was I was going to get there, you know. And uh, lucky for me, I got a little few inside contacts. So I'll be <laughs> from the beginning of ceremonies to the end, man. I love this. Yeah. I love it. Although I think that brings up a good question. Of all the people from the early 90s teams, who do you think would be most likely to be able to carry out a break into the stadium, even at this age? <laughs> I think it would probably be what, what uh, James Washington. Maybe because by. he, he could talk his way into anything. If he wasn't in an argument with me in every ball game, we weren't playing very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hide, hide the tripods when James is around. Yeah. Uh, so, now, I, I'm Nate. Nate Dave, I, I'm curious from both of you, 
we, we've obviously seen a couple of tough losses for the Cowboys the last couple weeks on the road. There's this question about, you know, them going on the road. If Jimmy Johnson is, is here kind of taking a look at this football team, what do you think he's telling them this week? What do you think he's he's trying to correct over the last two weeks and saying, hey, this is unacceptable, this is what we need more of? After he cussed Campbell them out in their meetings. One thing Coach Johnson did, if this is his core guys, and once he settled on us, the, the biggest thing I think Coach Johnson would tell us as players, I need more mental toughness. You You – You've gotten blown out. Okay, you you gonna carry that, and he's not gonna let us not carry that. Especially coming from Buffalo, we gonna have to carry that on the plane and into the next week. Then to lose the close one, he's gonna tell us where's your mental toughness. You have to make the play. You know, you had three minutes and twenty seven seconds left. You had a one point lead. We would have expected Charles, or Tony Tolbert, or Darren Woodson to make that play. It's mental toughness, bro. It's preparations to details. I mean, that, that's that's what the whole key is. You know, the players win games. Yes. Yeah. The coaches put them in position to make the play, the yeah. game. Yes. But when it's when it's really down to it, it comes down to execution. It's how you play that day. So if anybody thinks that oh we're in the playoffs now, uh, we can kind of slide through this thing that never would have happened with jimmy you I know re- he cut a he cut a running back curvin richards curvin richards uh, for two fumbles yeah. in the last game and richards wasn't going to play in the next game yeah. but it sent a message hey we don't uh, do that one of the games we played at minnesota i don't know if you remember uh we were ahead yes. this is a, this is a quick one we were ahead quite a ways he put the second team he said put the second team in we put the second team in. they scored two touchdowns in a row we go in at the end of the ball game, and he is livid with rage. Yes. And Charles Haley was on the field, and, and he I came was in late. And back in with him, boy. Oh, oh he oh. he lambasted uh, Charles. You know, get your butt in here. To the, <laughs> to the point where they, he went at it so bad, and Charles took it. Charles took oh, it. Yeah. You know, he took it. But boy, him and Charles walked around that corner and went into a bathroom. Yeah. And when they came out, Charles, a black man, he came out red. Red and chicken. Oh, my God. Wow. He used some whole new words. Yeah. And he's like, I never yeah. heard that curse yeah. word. Wow. So, hey, it, it, it's – and I'm t- – you know, I was telling you, Bobby, coach wanted mentally tough guys mm-hmm. that he could coach tough. The, the salary caps took away all of that. Because your second team guy may not be nowhere near what your first team right, guy is. Right. So you got to be calified, you handle guys. But this is where he had Haley checking us. Michael Irvin would run into the defensive huddles, you know, telling them what they have to. It, it was just a different breed. Yes. And yeah. I'm not saying these players are not tough because I look at the 49ers, I look at the Ravens, I look at how Philadelphia is when they're on a roll, the, the toughness that they have. This is what we have to develop. And I don't know if we have enough guys that's going to say, man, I'm going to make this play. It's not the, it's not the great plays you make. You it's, have a, it's, not, it's the least it's bad plays. Bad ones, right. Yeah. It, it's funny. You, I, I was talking to Greg Ellis once uh, a number of years back, and he was talking about that 2007 playoff game against the Giants where they'd beaten the Giants twice that year. They fall short in the playoffs. Right and he right. said that he was – he was they, they the Giants had the ball. They were driving at the end of the second quarter, and he said that it was your words ringing in his head 
about the importance of the end of the half, the middle eight, how, right. how critical that yeah. is. And he said he just was thinking in his head, like, DeMarcus or I have to make a play here. If we don't make a play, we're going to lose this game. They didn't make a play. Giants yep. scored. And he felt like he thought that that's where he, he relives and says, man, that's that's where I, I wish I could go back and make a difference. Because I think, you know, Coach Campo, Coach Zimmer, those words were ringing in my ears. Yeah, I was sitting there talked, getting ready to make a play. We talked constantly about, uh, you know, the, the, the team that really wants it yes. is going to do it in the last two minutes of the half and the two minutes of the game. I can't tell you the number of times in games where a team kicked a field goal going into halftime and those three points were the difference maker in the game. And you know this league, every game is comes down to 90% of the games come down to two or three points or four yeah. points or whatever. And it comes down to a last play of the, you know, last series of the game. Well, so. When you were talking about when y'all were talking about toughness, I'm I'm really curious all y'all's take on this is that was the argument for this team maybe two years ago as well. Is there is there anything in the culture here that you think does not foster that toughness with the Cowboys anymore? I I, I I'm not see this is this is the thin line between me and coaches talking about it. Ex player, ex coach, successful ex player, yeah. ex coach. Yeah. So we don't want to. I don't want to step right. on them over there. I don't know what's their culture is, I don't know. But our quarterback did not smile. Oh. Yeah, I, I had to do some of my best <laughs> jokes to get Troy to <laughs> eat this. I mean, day, game day was off. That was off limits. That was off limits. He going to high five you. He going to tell you to get your behind up there and get lined up. And his look, man, uh, Michael Irvin did all the yeah, chirping around. Yeah, he did all the and, talking. Yeah. Right. It was just a mindset that, and and I don't know who that guy is on this team. See, I think that's yeah. I think an answer to your question is the head coach has to be consistent. Yes, he does. Whatever he is, he can't be Jimmy Johnson, and then the next week be Wade. Wade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the head coach has to be consistent. There has to be guys in the locker room that make what you're talking about real and and as long as it, there's a guy a few guys in there that do it and i'm hesitant because number one i haven't seen enough right. of the cowboys i've seen i've seen a number of games but you know you just don't know what goes on in the locker room and and uh i thought i thought parsons kind of displayed a little bit of it he's burned up about getting held and he's he's ripping you know this guy and that yeah. guy maybe that's going on in the locker room and maybe that tells this week when when, when we go back to that discussion of the the middle eight though the the end of the the second the beginning of the third and and something that you coach Zimmer a lot of coaches view is like a critical time during the game the Cowboys in all five of the games they've lost this year they've lost the middle eight they they've gotten outscored in those eight minutes and so when you look at that what what is the the remedy for that how do you address that and say we've got to get better about closing out halves we've got to be better about starting halves out stronger what is a remedy for that well first of all it's 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 like everything else, it's repetition. You have to practice it. You know, if you don't practice those situations in the, during the week, you're probably not gonna get it in the game. Right. So that's part of it, but it's just, all coaching is, is sales. That's what coaching is. You're yes, selling is. yourself, oh. you're selling your system, you're selling the head coach, you're selling this and that. I always on defense sold the heck out of our quarterback. You know, hey, look, if we get a stop here, we got a chance to score 
and then we get the ball in the second half, we got a chance to double dip. So all of that is all sales. And, and, and to me, that's the key to the whole thing. Every great coach that I've been around, and, and the first time I heard about the middle eight, it wasn't called that then. It was, it was the last two of the half going into halftime, and it was the first five. And yeah. I heard Coach Gibbs of the Washington Commanders. Back then they were the Redskins. Mm-hmm. But that brief period I was with them doing, he taught this starting in training camp. Yeah. Even whether you was the third team going out there, he would say, I need to control the ball the first five minutes. If we don't score, I, ne- I at least want to be on their 30. Yes. Right. He said, we don't score. I, I want to eat up enough time to where they can see that we, we, we can get in their heads. It, Coach, you're so right. It, when you – when I can drive down there, even if you stop me, that's fine. But I, but I took those first five minutes. And your game plan is wrecked, especially if I have a lead. Your grand yep. game plan is, is wrecked. When we come back, uh, some more specific takeaways from this Cowboys-Dolphins game this last week. And also, uh, we'll see if we can get uh, Nate Newton and Dave Campo to tell us some good Jimmy Johnson stories. That's next on the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk.
to Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. At SWBC, customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away. Visit SWBC.com to learn more and start your next adventure. We are back here on Cowboys Crosstalk, live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. I'm Bobby Bell from 105 Through the Fan. We got Kevin Hagelin from 105 Through the Fan. Six-time Pro Bowler, three-time champion, Nate Newton. And doing? former Cowboys head coach, also a three-time Super Bowl champion and a mm. national champion, Dave Campos. So I, I set it up for you guys a little bit before we went to the break, and, and I'm curious. And and we'll start with you, Coach Campo. Give us your, your favorite Jimmy Johnson story from those 90s teams. Well, my favorite one was 1993. When I already told you some of the negative part, was. <laughs> uh, in 1993, when he stepped out and said, "You can put it in three-inch letters, we're going to win this game," and I, I thought the response by uh, the San Francisco coach was pretty good, <laughs> but he had the brass ones. If we did win, yeah, yeah. Nate, what what, what was your favorite story? It's, it's kind of long, but I'm, I'm going to tell it. Hit to you. us with it. Okay, Michael Irvin was telling us. You know, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy's coming. Jimmy's different. All, all of this foolishness. And Mike ain't, I'm saying it night. <laughs> all this foolishness and, be, uh, you know, it's, it's finna stop. You know, da-da-da, big new, you need to get in shape because we're going to do some 110s. And I'm like, 110s. <laughs> and so that is what was stuck in my mind from the day yeah. it announced that Jimmy was coming. I'm like, I'm finna get cut. I thought I was going to get cut with Coach Landry, but I know I'm finna get cut with Coach, with Coach Johnson. So this stayed on my mind so bad to – about an hour before we were getting ready to run the uh, 110s, I went to Coach Johnson. I said, Coach, cut me now. Because <laughs> I'm not going to have – I'm not going to have – I'm serious. I, I said, Coach, I ain't going to have you cussing me out and handling me in front of all you folks. You know what I'm saying? Cut me now. He like – he looked at me, calm down, calm down, calm down. All I need for you to do is you make what you can make and you just keep moving. You just keep moving. So we went out there. I made one. I made two. I made three. I did not make the fourth. <laughs> so I looked at Coach Johns. Coach Johns just, he did this right here. So I just turned around because everybody had already took off. I just went to trotting down. About the sixth time I trotted back, they was about on their eighth, right? This kid falls out. And Kevin O'Neill and Jim Meyer and all these guys running over there. Jimmy, 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 this guy. And all the media was out there. This guy's having a. Uh, uh, asthma attack. <laughs> Jimmy said, well, get it. That's over there on the other field. We're on the asthma field. Asthma field. Yeah. 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 Asthma field. So I, I look at Coach Johnson, and he just <laughs> keep running. One of the guys that one of the guys that I am with on a show yeah. in Jacksonville is Leon Searcy. Yeah. Pro Bowl right tackle uh, in the league for a number of years uh, with the Steelers and with the Jacksonville when they were got going. Right. All he taught, he was with us at the University of Miami. All he talks about are the one tens. That's it. How, <laughs> how bad they were and how good they were at the end. How many we had to do? 16? Yeah, 16 one tens. 16 one tens. And he always jumps on me because I was one of the guys on the line that would be yelling all the time. 
He didn't make it. Get your butt back and then start all over. The whole group would have to start all over. I really thought you were going to say all he ever talked about was the asthma fields. Yeah. I was like, hold on, did that carry over from place oh, to no, place? That, that showed. That uh, was kind I'm of sure. the same as cutting yeah. the guy at the end of the game, yeah. at the end of Ooh. the season. I, I like that you bring up the point of uh, the the put it in three-inch headlines, we will win the ball game. So that was before the 93 NFC Championship game. That was the one that you guys had back yeah. here uh, when Bernie Kosar had to, to come into the game. Um Big thing that occurred in that game was uh, the tunnel fight with oh, yeah. with Pop, Kevin Smith, and Jerry Rice. No, uh, that happened the nope. second time when they came to us. Yeah, 93. Yeah, that's what he's yeah, 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 93. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The 93-94 season. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. And, and Kevin Smith had a, a tendency to, to kind of stick in Jerry Rice's head a little bit. Um, you know, it, it was something where I, I remember same sort of thing. 94 NFC Championship game. End of the first quarter, he knocks a ball away, and he literally just stands over Jerry Rice and starts yelling you in know, his face. You know, Kevin and and uh, Larry Brown mm-hmm. in one of those Super Bowl games pressed John Taylor and Jerry Rice like 40 out of 64 yeah, plays. right. Wow. Two young guys. I mean, yeah. really young guys. And and we tell you how stupid coaches are sometimes. We <laughs> played them during the season, you know, and they beat the crap out of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And – and, you know, we were worried about Jerry in the slot. So instead of just leaving Woodson over there, we put Larry Brown in our quarter coverage. We put him over Jerry Rice. The first play, he runs a post for a touchdown. He never played it. Right. And, you know, and that, that, that kind of got us going. And, right. And we were not, I think we were 9-0 and when they were. Yeah. Well, they were 9-0, and we were 9-1, right. whatever. But uh, that was a great year. Well, so, so Pup was always such a aggressive tone setter, things like that. Nate and, and Coach Campo, I'm curious. When we talk about the toughness, when we talk about that, is that the kind of attitude you're talking about? Is that yeah. kind of the edge you're talking about? You you want the Kevin Smith edge. You want the James Washington edge. Is that the type of players you look and, – and is it something that you feel like is more needed on the defensive or the offensive side of the ball right now? You know, I'll let Coach speak on it, man. But I used to see Coach Johnson and Coach Campo, them first and second down, you, they, they would let you have at it. They, they would co- – but on that third down, they wanted their techniques. They wanted yep. them to be perfect because that was a make it and break it down. I used to watch Campbell go ballistic. On, you know, we had situations out on the field. This is third down. All that grabbing and t- <laughs> he, they weren't playing that. They they believed in mental toughness. We're playing. We're playing uh, in a in the one of the playoff games in '95, and Dion. You know, he wasn't a great technique player. No. You know, and you, and you, and, and, that seems and, fair. and you really and you really have to you you got to be smart enough to let him be do Dion. something. You right. can't overcoach yeah. him, right? Well, he there was some play and they ran an out and Zimmer was on the phones, right? With mm-hmm. me. I'm in the press box. He ran somebody ran an out or something, the guy completed it for a first down and it was a critical first down. Well, I went ballistic in the press box, okay? Right. And I'm cussing Dion right. out up saying you tell Dion we're paying him thirty yeah. million, whatever we're paying him, <laughs> and he gonna let that guy beat him on and out. And Zimmer got so upset, he took the headphone off. He said, "Dion, he wants to talk to you." And Dion got out. I went, "Now, Dion, <laughs> now, Dion, you know, come on now." Yeah. You know, it was a completely different thing. But yeah. it was – that mental toughness was important for, yeah. the, for and, our group. And, and, Nate, I know this is something that you've been really big on lately is that, like, you want to see some more of that edge from this football team. 
And, and so is that something you feel like, hey, I need tone setters on the defensive side of the ball more, or are you looking for it more in the trenches on the offensive side of the ball? Wait, obviously, you, you want more of it on both sides, but where do you think it's most needed on this team right Defensively. now? Defensively. Defensively. We, 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 one thing we never had to worry about going into a game, and I'm, and I'm being honest with you, when they coached us, they were a top five defense for four or five straight years. One, one year, y'all back-to-back ones or three. Well, we three. were one and three yeah. or something. Yeah, one and th- we, we knew that they were going to get the ball for us and give us a short field, or they was going to get off the field at the right time. It's called situational football. And we practiced that, and we played it, and we knew that. Because Mike, Mike would be in their huddle. I'm telling you, we would be running off the field. We don't turn the ball over. We don't got kicked out on the three and out. And Mike will be running off the field. Charles, da da da, whoever it is, get Tony, get us the ball back to the point where they'd be like, get that out of our huddle, you know. <laughs> but lo and behold, if not that series, the next, they was gonna get us the ball back. You know how much, how tough you have to be to look at another team like the 49ers with a Jerry Rice and a John Taylor. Now uh, you're looking at uh, Randall Cunningham yeah. and these guys. Come on, man. And you go and get the ball? We couldn't do nothing but score it in. We could because we got to uphold our end of the deal. And this is what – and I'm telling you, you were winning a game with three minutes and 27 seconds left. Yeah. We wouldn't have lost that game. You know, it, it's funny. We Over at 105 Through the Fan, we got a chance to talk to Dan Quinn before the season. And – one of the things I'd ask Coach Quinn is, I know, like, physicality and toughness are a hallmark. Like, he wants it on his defense. That's one of the, like, it, when he's got the playbook and he's got the philosophy in the top, like, that's a bold print at the very top of it that that's what he's looking for. And I remember I'd asked him, you know, how much do you have to identify and acquire toughness versus how much do you think you can bring it out of somebody? And, and so I'm curious for that, Coach Campbell. Did you find how much – because Coach Quinn said, I feel like you can maybe bring a level up. He's like, if somebody's willing, I can maybe bring you up a level. He's like, but not more than that. So he said, I'm going to need you to to practice good work habits. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're you're just going to need to kind of have that within you. Do you think this is a, you know, when it comes to physicality on the defensive side of the ball, that it's something where you've got to acquire that in people and not try to bring it out of them? Uh, Well, first of all, I think you've got to get the players that have that already. I mean, you know, that's go and get guys. Yes. That's the guys you're looking for, you know, those kind of guys, the mentally tough guys that that, – you can, you can see that on the college level. I mean, you know uh, the guys that are different, you know, in that aspect. How do you figure that out beyond just the game <coughs> tape that you get to watch? I, really, you know, we wa- the, first of all, the scouts do a great job. You know, and Jimmy trusted us more than the scouts sometimes. But the scouts. <laughs> he did. The he scouts, did. The scouts do a good job. And one of the things they talk about all the time is, is what's this guy's character, his game character, not yep. just – you know, what he is off the field and all that. They, they do all that too. But the game character part of it, a lot of the times they come to us and say, hey, look, this guy might not look great, but he's got this special quality. And that's kind of what happened with Larry Brown when I watched him. You know, he wanted to run the 40. He'd have run it 10 times because he knew he was faster than what he ran. That's the kind of guy that gives you a chance. And I think uh, in answer to your question, that's the number one thing, but the, the second thing is we're salesmen. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to teach the guy, whoever it is, you got to be tough in this league. You can't go from you know one uh, 
you know, just show up. You got to play. I, I really like this conversation we're having on on physicality and y'all's perspective on this. So I, I want to put a pin in this, and we'll we'll come back and touch on it some more. When we come back, we will have that discussion. We'll we'll hopefully dive in a little bit into some of the issues with execution. And Nate, I know I, I want to get your take. We're talking before the show. I, I really want to get your take on cadence and how important that is, since that's become a big talking point this week on the road. That's next on the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk. To Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Want to use what the pros use? Jack Black is the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit getjackblack.com. 
mortgage.com today. This is the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk. We are live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. We got Kevin Hagelin from 105 Through the Fan, Nate Newton, six-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champion, and national champion and three-time Super Bowl champion, Dave Campo here. What that means I between all of us, we have six Super Bowl rings. I know. That's like we, we average we average a ring and a half us. between yeah. the four of us. Absolutely. That's pretty good, you know? Yeah. I think that those are good numbers that I can I can lean on here. <laughs> so, Nate, when we look at – we're talking about toughness, and I'm interested for the way you, both of you view this. So, Dallas, in a lot of ways, ha- finds a lot of success being a finesse football team. Like the way that they're they're able to play with a lot of track speed and – you know, and that speed on both sides of the ball. Pin your ears back and rush on the offensive side. Take advantage of the speed, and and they play a finesse game. Is that something you naturally are going to lose when you are a finesse football team? And not that that's necessarily necessarily a dirty word, but being a finesse football team and the way you win that way, are you naturally going to lose some of that physicality? I'm going to tell you something. I'll go back to the 49ers. The first time we beat them, in uh, the second time we beat them. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't as physical as us, but they went out and got this kid from Florida State called Bar None, William Floyd, and he helped change the culture of who they was. And they got a little bit more physical, and Brian Young got a little bit more mature, and Dana Stubblefield came into his own, and they took it to us, man. They were just as physical. Uh, when you're a finesse fast team, you got to build it like that. And you can't try to make a guy be what he's not. You got to just make him better. I mean, he ha- he has his weaknesses, but if that's what you're trying to change, you may be in for a long day. If this team is not physical naturally, you got to find ways to help them make plays. You, you just got to find a way. Coach, I mean. Well, gotta- I look at this team. They've got all the ingredients, mm-hmm. in my opinion, okay? Dan Quinn's an outstanding coach. Sure. He's, he's always been solid defensive yes. coach, right? He takes advantage of what he's got. You get into a third-down situation with this team, you're in serious trouble because he's got some guys that you're talking about that can rush. Where they have the problem is, it looks to me now, and again, I'm not there. I'm not coaching them. I'm, I'm just looking at it. They played the run rushing the passer. So – some of the stuff that you look at and you say they're not physical, it's because their scheme is based on up the field and then play the run on the move. Whereas if you've got a, a bunch of guys like Vita Vea, the guy at uh, yeah. the Buccaneers, that's going to take a guy on and he's going to whip his butt, you're not going to run the ball on that guy. Well, with that in mind, this team is, is going to win games based on playmakers. And they've got playmakers on both sides of the ball. And there's going to be some times when you look at it like this last ball game where they ran the ball on them a little bit too much. And that's mm. that's just – but the physical part of it, I, you know, I, kids are different now. Yes. I, don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly you, what you do there. You know who, else, who used to be like that, who used to rush the passer? And, and tackle them on the way to get yeah. the pass. It was Minnesota back in our yeah. day. Oh, yeah. Minnesota had John Randall. They had yeah. another great uh, Hall of Fame defensive end, and they was rushing that passer. And they and Turtling was the uh, defensive line coach. Yes. Like, you know, tackle them on the way to the quarterback. Right, exactly. And that's just how they played. And, and I think that's this team here, yeah. you know. And, and then offensively, in this last ball game, looking at the Dolphins, 
you know, they're a little on demand in the offensive line. They're banged up a little bit. And, and you know, that's not a good combination. If you're, if you're not stopping the run and you're banged up in the offensive line, that's not a good combination. The guys up front win the game. I mean, you know, really when it's all said and done. We've had a there, – there's been a lot of discussion throughout the whole season, but it's really gotten loud the last couple weeks the disparity between how they play at home and how they play on the road. So the fewest points they've scored at home this year is 30. On the road, the offense has not put up 30 points in a single game this year. They put up 40 against the Giants, but that was a special teams touchdown, a defensive touchdown, 33 against the Panthers, but there was a pick six. So the offense has not put up 30 in a single road game this year. But at home, that's their minimum, and and they're scoring up into the mid-40s a lot of times. Nate, one of the things that's become a discussion point is maybe it's – it's the communication between the offensive line. Maybe it's the cadence, that, that cadence that we've all started to hear, the here we go, wide 80 set hut. And, 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 you know, it's become almost memed on the Internet. But when you just break that down for people listening, the importance of the cadence and why could that potentially cause so much disruption to the quality of the offense between home and road? Uh, it's going to take a little time now. They hit it. We, we hit do, it early do you want? Do you want to get – no, I want you to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> when when we we used to get out of the huddle fast, we that didn't mean because we got out of the huddle fast, we was going to run a play fast. A lot of times you want to give your quarterback a chance to survey. More importantly, you want to give your center a chance to see the five guys that we're going to take. Normally the four down guys and the one linebacker. All right, if they're running a three, four, uh, the six guys, because we, you know, with, with then Moose would be involved. Mm-hmm. So we, the coach, and that would give us defensive offensive linemen a chance. Our center for step nine to say, okay, we got fifty-five to thirty-three, and the quarterback, okay, they got fifty-five to thirty-three. So that alert the wide receiver out there that if both if this thirty-three come along with fifty-five, it's a hot, it's a hot. You break right this thing now. off yeah. right now. So. Now, but the quarterback may change the play. Boom, boom, boom. He may flip it all the way to the other side. So now we're looking at 55 still, but now we got 26 over here. This receiver got to be alerted to it. This tight end. Now, because we move the power, this tight end got to be alerted to it. Clock get down about 12. Ready, ready. Ready, ready. Here we go. Here we go. Play is in lock. It's locked now. We're not going to change it. And now you're asking a lot from your offensive line, and you're asking a lot – from your receivers, and when it's loud, something can be lost in communications. But the reason I wanted Coach to go because what Jimmy did, when we go to New Orleans, we stop with all this ready, ready. Yes. We we start, we get our best five running plays with two variations off our best five running plays. Now, a lot of our receiving stuff stayed in place because we wasn't a, a, a West Coast offense. So what we called in the huddle, we could adjust to anything on the field. So what I'm trying to say here is sometimes you got to simplify, especially on your defense, so guys can play fast. You are, are your players the single high with, with, with cover corners. You changed a little bit last week because of Miami and all of his speed, but this should be very easy. Now it comes down to whether your defensive linemen want a straight rush or run games. If you're running games and, you, and, that, and, that, and that tight end changes, now all of a sudden them games get a little shaky and everybody can get a little lost. But coach them, I used to hear Jimmy tell them, why don't you simplify it yeah. so our players can continue to play fast? It, it, all of these things we've heard before, but what you have to do is prepare your players 
for these type situations. When we used to have a loud, like New Orleans, or Seattle, or even going up to play the Steelers, if we had to hold hands, yeah, right. you know, if we if we had to let our center say, green, 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 and then we'll all go 1,001, 1,002, we all move together. We practice this. And you have to dedicate yourself. Forget what the, what the Players Association talking about finding you. You as players got to go, get, put that extra time in. You as players, forget the coaches, you as players. I, that's, that's, that, that's absolutely fantastic. We're uh, having the same discussion when I say we, the Jaguars, because mm-hmm. I'm working with them yeah. down there. We is the Cowboys. Come on. Yeah, well, no, no. I, 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 believe me, I'm a, I'm a Cowboy fan. That's you know good that. Point. But uh, they're having the same discussion because what's happening is they've got so many checkoffs in yes. the offense that the receivers, when we lost the two best receivers, all of a sudden you got young receivers out there and the crowd noise, they're busting routes. Well, what did I – they asked me, what do you do? Simplify it. Mm-hmm. Don't run those kind of things. Look at the game plan say, hey, look, they're, when they're in this defense – they, this is 75% of the time they're in this defense. So run this play. If the 25% isn't there, then block somebody and run the same play. Don't don't think you have to out-coach and out-fool everybody. The Jacksonville so the has been better than most teams that have played. The Cowboys have been better uh, athletically than most teams they have played. Why do you have to be – uh, the smartest team in the world when you got the better athlete. Line that better athlete up and let him do his job. We had a, uh, a, a big talk this offseason was about communication. Communication needs to improve for the, the, the team. And that that was a big issue. They felt like a lot with the turnovers and everything else. That sounds to me, I think to a lot of fans, that can sound vague and broad. And Coach Campo, what does good communication mean on a football team? It's everything, and it's it's an excuse. We had one down there. Again, I'm we because right. I'm watching every game. Right. We had one where the defense busted stuff because the crowd was too loud for them trying to screw up the offense. The other team's offense. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I said, that's a big excuse. So you got to be kidding me. You're definitely doing too much if that's the case. Now, offense, I can understand it because you want to get out of some really bad plays. Sometimes maybe you have to do right. it. On defense, line up and whip the guy in front of you. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Take care of your own business. That's, that's a big point down there right now. I don't know what game it was, and I remember – the team tried that on Jimmy. Uh, I'm saying we didn't get the call. We we it was yet the defense, and man, we got in that Monday. <laughs> and when Jimmy went got through with our defense, he didn't. This one time he didn't get the coaches. He got the players. <laughs> like y'all don't even try this on me, and, and I'm being nice about it. Then the next week, man, we did, we didn't blow a coverage. We didn't blow a coverage, man, because some things. You should know as a player, this is not the first time they have played a, a single high safety. Right. This is not the first time. Don't do that. Don't, don't play dumb. Do your job. 
when you we know. when we come back here, uh, there, there's obviously a game being played this weekend, this Saturday, and there is a big event taking place there we touched on a little bit. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit more about the upcoming induction to the Ring of Honor for Jimmy Johnson and talk a little bit about this Detroit Lions football team. That's next here on the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk. to Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. At SWBC, customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away. Visit SWBC.com to learn more and start your next adventure. This is the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk. We are live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco with Kevin Hagelin from 105 Through the Fan, Nate Newton, yes. the six-time Pro Bowler and three-time champion, and former Cowboys head coach Dave Campo, the national champion and the three-time Super Bowl champion. I'm Bobby Belt from 105 Through the Fan. I have no championships, unfortunately, none. <laughs> in the Nothing. ratings, you do. No, well, in the ratings. I'll, I'll take yeah. those. Uh, 
So, Coach Campo, you know, we, we've got this game coming up this week against the Lions, and obviously the, the big moment of inducting Jimmy Johnson into the Ring of Honor. But one of the things that I loved, I talked to you probably seven, eight years ago, and you had a great story about when you had gone and went to go watch Philippi Sparks and found something much more exciting and then how that kind of progressed in Dallas. I'd love for you to tell that story because it's one of my favorites of all time. Well, you know, I went out to see Philippi Sparks, who was a corner, who ended up with us at one point later yep. in his career, but he went to the Giants. He, he was a fourth-round pick. And when you go, when they sent, when Jimmy sent us out, we had a list of guys. And, and you know, a young man by the name of Darren Woodson was about number six on that list because he was a small outside linebacker. And if you remember Arizona State, they had a really good team back then. And most of the time, they ran the ball away from Darren, mm -hmm. okay? Well, when you go to those uh, workouts, they have a room usually. It's usually in the afternoon. So in the morning, all the scouts show up, and they have a room where they've got film going. So I'm sitting in a room with all the scouts, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at Sparks, and, and, and I hear the guys talking, and that's the first time it really, I, I really started zeroing in on them. One guy's going, you know, I don't know about this Woodson guy. He never hits anybody. You know, he, he runs around, but, you know, what's he going to play? Uh, you know, he, he, uh, we don't know about him. So I start watching him, and the reason he's not hitting anybody is because they're not coming to him. They're going over the other way. So I, I see him running. So I said, hey, let's work this guy out as a DB. So Lynn Fonts was a, was a secondary coach for Detroit, and he was there. So I said, hey, Lynn, let's – Let's work this kid out as a DB. So we asked him. He said, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're at the 40-yard dash at the beginning of the whole thing, and I'm standing right on the line, at the end line. Here comes this guy, six foot two and a half, about 218, 220. Yes. He comes out, and he runs a 4-3-5-40. He looked like a, a Mack truck coming down that line. So I said, we're definitely working this guy out. So we work him out. Physically, footwork-wise, acceleration, all those things he, he had. Mm -hmm. So I go back to Jimmy, and at that time, we didn't have a big, strong safety. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things that Jimmy wanted bad because the NFC East was a power league at yeah, that yes. time. So I came back to Jimmy, and I said, hey, Jimmy, this kid, you know, we go over every player. I said, hey, listen, this kid, I don't know if he's going to be a big interceptor which he never ended up being, mm -hmm. you know, which is probably keeping him out of the hall right now. We're going to get to that, I promise. Yeah, yeah he should be in the hall. But anyway, he, I said, but the guy starts for us as at nickel. This guy will support the run, and he can run with the wideouts. I said, he starts for us, and he'll be on every special teams unit. Mm -hmm. So he comes in. He starts for us at nickel. We, we play well. He does a good job. So that's the story we heard a little earlier. You know, he 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 says the second year, and he was a backup safety. Yep, behind well, uh, know, Thomas Everett and James Washington. Yeah, and and you know, I didn't like to play young guys back there because <laughs> that's you know that's my my butt on the line back there, right? <laughs> so I said to him, I said, Jimmy, I said, you know, Jimmy came in, he said, we're going to start Woodson at safety, and I said, okay, uh, I said, I I'm a little nervous, you know, I mean, he hasn't <laughs> done much back there, and Jimmy said. We're going to start 
Darren Woodson at safety. And I looked at him, I said, that's exactly what I was going to say. We're going to start Darren Woodson at safety. And the great thing about him, why he should be in the yes, hall. Yes, thank you. Is two things. Number one, he played both nickel and safety in the same game. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's number one. Number two, he revolutionized the, game. the safety position. Thank you. We, there were no cover safeties in the league at that, at that time. Yeah. Everybody was a lot of three deep, man free, you know, uh, and we brought the quarter coverage in, you know, where he was having to cover wideouts down the field as well as play them at nickel. Yeah. And he revolutionized the safety game. And from right now, when guys look at safeties, I guarantee you coverage is a major factor. And especially with nobody hitting anyway. Yeah, see, cover somebody. Yeah, but it, it's funny that that reminds me of um, Darren had, had told the story a couple of years ago that he he ran into Mike Zimmer at the Super Bowl, and Mike Zimmer told him he was like, "Man, I, I apologize." And he's like, "Apologize for what?" He's like, I, "I think we're part of the reason you're out of the Hall of Fame." He's like, "You were too good. We asked you to do too many things." You Absolutely. He said you weren't right. able to just stick at a spot and collect stats he, and and blow people away. And that's he's like, and, "We asked you to do so many different things." And not only that, he got everybody lined up. Everybody. Smart guy. Everybody. I mean, you know, he he did it. He really revolutionized. The, the this this seems like a passionate subject for you that 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 Darren Woodson doesn't get the the respect. It's preposterous. It, yeah. You, 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 it's just, I didn't believe in conspiracy theories until I became a Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> I, I didn't because you can't sit up and talk to any guy that votes on the Hall of Fame and say, hey, man, why are you keeping Wilson out? Don't, don't, don't run the stat thing about me, no, no interceptions. Because half of these guys he was covering are in the Hall of Fame, and you check the records, they caught either half yeah. A third of what they did when he was on them. Yeah. This, 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 this don't make any sense. This don't make any sense. You did Bob Hayes in. You let this man die before you put him in there. He changed the game. Yeah. Every time, most of the rules that have been changed because of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And now you do this again to Woods to Woodson. I mean, let some uh, old folks committee, and which I'm old. Uh, <laughs> Vote him in when he should be in, and he should have been in no later than the second ballot. Don't do this. Don't 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 do this. I think Rick Goslin has tried to. Yeah. You know. Come on, man. Bring him, you know, up a number of times, and again, he's in the he's in the running yeah. again. But uh, you know, this who is knows? foolishness, I'll man. tell you this: he's he's every bit as uh, good as uh, John Lynch. Yes. You know, and and I like Leroy Butler. I think Leroy Butler was a heck of a guy, but I think. I think he's better than uh, our, 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 We uh, know he is. It ain't no think. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, our colleague at 105th Fan, and somebody you guys have both worked with professionally and at DallasCowboys.com, Brian Broaddus. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, Brian was in Green Bay, and he will say routinely, he's like, I was with Leroy Butler. I'm telling you, Leroy Butler is no business being ahead of Darren Woodson. Yeah, that's it. That, that and, I, and I love Butler, by the way. Yo, Brian and, does too. And the one <laughs> thing that Darren has that Butler has is you'd want him for your son. Mm. Yeah. And he came out of the toughest area of Phoenix. Most of his friends are either dead or in jail. Wow. And and he's he is a character, everything that you look for. That's to me what is what a Hall of Fame guy should be. 
he's got to show what he can do on the field, but there's other things involved in it as well. So, hey. I'm as, I'm as, if I was voting, I'd be voting for him, I guarantee you. We, we got just about two minutes left here. Uh, Nate, I know that this game this weekend against the Lions, you took notice of the safeties, how physical they play. Uh, just in these last couple minutes, what, what's a key for you heading into this game against Detroit? What, what, what do you think we need to, to see from the Cowboys? We're going to have to protect Dak and let Dak uh, do his thing. It's two things that cannot happen offensively. C.D. Lamb cannot disappear. Mm-hmm. And Tony Pollard has to get 20 touches or more. Defensively, continue to shut down the run game. Everything is predicated yeah. on, for Jerry Goff off the run game. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, exactly the same way. I think the one thing that they have that we have to deal with, we've already been talking about it for about uh, two segments, they're physical. And, and you know, that's something we got to match their physicality and protect the quarterback. They can't handle uh, Lamb, when he's, uh, you know, I've watched them a bunch. They can't handle Lamb. I was going to jump in with that. Sometimes they say, take what the defense gives you, and that's great. Sometimes you just funnel the ball to your best player yeah, and absolutely. let him be your best player. Let him make a difference. Absolutely. Uh, we got just one minute left. Uh, Coach Campo, uh, for people who really enjoyed this hour and enjoyed some of the stories you told, uh, let people know what you got going on, where they can find uh, some of your work. Because you're, you're like a, a, a media working man just running to the <laughs> ground now. Well, over here I am. You know, I'm on a uh, special edition tomorrow. I'm on Channel 11. Uh, on game day at, at uh, 11 with uh, Bill Jones and, you know, doing some things here, you know, obviously. Back in Jacksonville, I'm, I'm a utility infielder. I'm on about five of the shows at different times. So uh, I'm enjoying that. Just, just getting the most run out of you that you can. Former Cowboys head coach Dave Campo, thank you so much for joining us. Nate yep. Newton, as always, thank you. Kevin Hagelin, thank you for your time. I want to. I'm going to clap for you, you. Kevin Hagelin. Absolutely. Uh, Cowboys and the Lions. They play Saturday night. Again, it'll be a very special evening with Jimmy Johnson going into the Ring of Honor. Uh, A lot of memories flooding back. We will talk to you again next week on the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?